I'm going to talk to you this morning for just a little while on Jesus is the King of Glory. In a few moments, we're going to have communion. Then we're going to have a Holy Spirit send out prayer meeting. As you send Brenda and I out, I'm going to have a select few come and lay hands on us. This morning, you will not want to miss that. Praise the Lord. But everyone say, Jesus is. He's the King of Glory. From Hebrews 1, 3 in the Amplified, it says, He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. He's upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. When He had by offering Himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and our riddance of guilt, He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The King of glory has said, But as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. In Numbers in Habakkuk 2.14, it says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For the King of the glory has declared it. And what the King of glory declares, he will watch over in his word to perform it as his children, as his brothers declare it here on earth. And so if we were to find glory today, it is the presence of God. It is something that is substantial. It means his presence, heavy, weighty, with everything good. It also means rich. It means splendor, brightness, magnificence, and greatness. The manifestation of the glory of God is the atmosphere of heaven here on earth. The manifestation of the glory of God is the manifestation of the goodness of God and of the love of God. In the book of Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord. Oh, we marvel at the glory that was in manifestation into the old covenant. Red seas splitting, Jericho's walls falling, Emmanuel's wall falling upon Elisha, enabling him to do double miracles. We marvel at all the glorious things when fire fell down and consumed the sacrifice. We get happy when we read how David slew Goliath in the name of the Lord of hosts. We get real happy when we see, glory to God, the ravens coming in and feeding the prophets. Those are great and those are glorious things. And yet the Bible says that the glory of the latter house shall be greater. And you are the house of God. You are the temple of God. We are temples of his glory living in this earth to bring glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We are going to walk and live in the glory of God. Glory to God. Now, in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, let's look over there together. Colossians, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. You see, the glory of the Lord was a mystery because they had to look at Moses through a veil. If they were to see the glory of the Lord without the veil, it would consume them. But now notice with me, even the mystery, which had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now... This mystery is unveiled and it is relieved to his saints. 
that's you and that's me. And in verse 27, it goes on to say, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. Everyone say the riches of the glory. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? It's not a mystery anymore because the mystery has been revealed. It is Christ in you, the anointed one and his anointing, the hope of glory. When you got born again, the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God came into your heart and the definition for hope is a confident, favorable expectation. Say this with me, because Christ is in me. Because the anointed one and his anointing is in me. I have a confident and a favorable expectation of the glory of the Lord being revealed in my life and being revealed all around me. Oh, it's good news today. I said it's good news today. And here's what happens. When the glory of the Lord is in manifestation, greater works go along with greater glory. You know, Jesus said something simple. He said, he that believeth on me. We've got several believers in the house today. He said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And not only the works that I do, but we shall do greater works. I don't think it means greater in quality, but it sure enough means greater in quantity. Hallelujah. Because he left the Holy Ghost with us. The same one that anointed him. The same one that went about doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil is with you. And he's with us. Greater works in greater glory. The rain fell in the old, but all the latter rain is greater than the former rain. I've got a little book here called The Blood and the Glory by a lady by the name of Billy Brim. And she said, Behold, the husbandman, brethren, be patient under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for us until he receives the early and latter rain. Be patient, establish your hearts for the coming Woo, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Here's what Billy says. The husbandman is God the father. A husbandman is a farmer. And God the farmer is the best farmer there was or ever will be. She goes on to say, he has a field. It's earth. And God's field will receive an outpouring of the spirit likened unto the former and latter rains coming together. The glories of this outpouring will produce the grandest crop ever there was or ever will be. A great harvest of the precious fruit of the earth will come into the glory of God the Father. The third and last outpouring of the Spirit before Jesus comes will include everything in the book of Acts plus everything in the outpouring at the beginning of this century put together. Glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, our part, ladies and gentlemen, is to have faith and to have an expectation and to make a declaration. 
so that we can have a continuous manifestation of the presence of the Lord. Amen? That's what the Lord spoke to me as I was thinking about Africa. He basically instructed me with this thought, declaration plus expectation equals manifestation. And so our part is to have faith in the glory of God. You know, Lazarus was dead. He was stinking dead. He was cold, he was stiff, and he was stinking. And Martha was upset with Jesus because Jesus didn't, didn't get there right away. And she said, Lord, behold, Master, by this time he stinketh. And now let's pick it up in John chapter 11. Are you still here today? Yes. Are you here for a good meal today? Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. In John 11 and verse 40. And this is your part. And this is my part. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if you would believe that you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And I knew that you heard me. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! And he that was dead came forth. Still bound by grave clothes. And Jesus said, loose him. And let him go. You see, the glory of God takes people out of darkness and brings them into the family of God. But sometimes there's still evidence of grave clothes on them. We're not to look down our nose upon them. We're to love them. And we're to say, Lord, loose them and let them go. Let's mentor them. Let's disciple them. Let's lift them up in prayer. And let's let the God of glory who began a good work in them complete it. Until he returns. That's the way I was. That's the way some of you were. And possibly that's the way some of you are right now. But no sweat. For it is God who is all the while at work in us. Both to do and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. But I want you to get this revelation. Did they see the glory? Yes, they did. Must we have faith in the glory? Yes, we must. You and I are living temples of that glory as we said. And in Psalm 29, let's look at this verse in verse 9. It says, The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, or whatever that is, and discovers the forest. Now notice this. And in his what? And in his temple. See, back there the temple was a place. But right here the temple is you. So in our temple we ought to be speaking of his glory. I mean, from the rising of the sun... Till the going down of the same, we ought to be lifting up our voice and declaring his glory over our lives. Hallelujah. Sometimes in the middle of the night when I wake up, glory to God, I don't look at the clock. I lift up my hands and I say glory. Glory to God. Give glory to yourself in my life, Lord. Whoso offereth praise, the Bible says, glorifieth me. Hallelujah. But here's what I want you to see. In his temple... In other words, 
those of us who are temples of the Holy Ghost should continuously be speaking of His glory. Say glory three times. One more time, real strong. That's nice, isn't it? Declaring His glory. You can do that individually, but just think about doing that corporately, what we just did. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. So speak of and prepare and expect His glory. And the glory of the Lord shall manifest and shall be seen all around. Miracles and healings shall abound. They shall be seen and heard far and wide. And many shall be saved and come on over to the Lord's side. Do you believe it? Jerry Savelle said this years ago when he was teaching in 2014 on greater glory. And I love this and I want to lead us in this. He basically said, proclaim, announce, and state. Declare the glory of the Lord over your life. Declare the manifest presence of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, the presence of God. Heavy with everything good is upon me today. So let's lift up our voice and lift up our hands and say, I proclaim. I I announce. I I emphatically state. And I declare the glory of the Lord over my life, over my church, over this great nation. We declare the manifest presence of God, heaven's glory invading this earth. We declare the manifest power of God, the goodness of God, the presence of God, heavy with everything good is upon us now from this day on forevermore. What would happen if we'd say that daily? You you would never be the same. Hallelujah. That's what the Spirit said. You would never be the same. Hallelujah. Greater glory abounds when we all say the same thing. And when we all say the same thing in one accord, the King of glory watches over his word to perform it. Amen. So what does then this glory and what will this glory do in our lives? We found out, number one, that the glory raises the dead. But you know what? We were once dead in our sins. We were once dead in our trespasses. But the king of glory found us right where we were. The king of glory never gave up on you. And he never gave up on me. The king of glory lifted us up out of darkness. And put us into the kingdom of his dear son. But not only did he do that. He quickened us. And made us alive. And made us sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this glory raises people up. And this glory quickens bodies. Not only does he do something with the inside of you, but he does something with the outside of you. 
As a matter of fact, the king of glory is in you and he will show up on the outside of you. Amen. Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost and your bodies are important to him in this day, in this hour. In Romans, the eighth chapter in the 11th verse, let's look at that verse. Oh, my, my, my. When I think about his goodness and what he's done for you and what he's done for me. Oh, my, my, my. I want to shout. I want to dance. I want to spin. Woo, hallelujah. I want to sing all at the same time. And when I think of his goodness and when I look and see what he's done in your life and my life, this building's not big enough to hold us all. Woo, because the God of glory is on the move in our lives. Woo, hallelujah. Celebrate the goodness of God. Celebrate the glory of the Lord. Don't wait till everything is just fine. Come on over and take a large drink of my new wine. Yea, saith the Lord, I'll fill you afresh and anew. You are believers, and believers who are full should be rejoicing. Believers that are filled with the fullness of God, and believers that are filled with the glory of God, should ever be rejoicing and ever be celebrating. For the victory has been won, and the finished work of the cross has been done. So rise up, rise up in praise, rise up and celebrate, and so shall your enemies be scattered, and so shall the King of glory come. Come in and change the very atmosphere that you are in. Oh, glory to God. It is cause for celebration. It is cause to rejoice. How many believers we got in this house? Glory to God. I had a difficult time getting my visa for Nigeria. And I was kind of bummed out about it. And the Lord said, Mark... You believe, right? I said, yes, sir. He says, then why aren't you rejoicing? A believer who is not rejoicing is a believer who is bummed out. And he doesn't want us to be bummed out. So he says, son, I want you to rejoice for your visa, even though it hasn't manifested yet. So I went home to Hallelujah Hallway. And I started shouting and dancing and praising God and thanking God for my visa. Woo, glory. Thank you, Lord, for my visa. Next day it didn't come. Next day it didn't come. Next day it didn't come. But thank God it came last week. Hallelujah. So what are you believing for? What haven't you been rejoicing about? Just ask, let me ask you a question. How would you act if the manifestation happened a minute ago? Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Tony over there has no problem celebrating. Glory to God. Now, if you'd act that way, a moment after the manifestation happens, what's to prevent you from acting that way a little bit before the manifestation happens? I didn't get such a large amen on that I'm not looking for an amen. I'm looking for a people today that'll celebrate, that'll rejoice, 
that'll get happy in the presence of God. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Whoa! Hallelujah. Though you haven't seen it yet, though you haven't seen him yet, yet you rejoice. You believe. You rejoice. And it becomes joy unspeakable. And full of glory. Here's what I noticed about people that will rejoice in spite of what's going on around them. They're full of the glory of God. They're filled with the presence of God. And it just seems as if nothing can shake them. It just seems as if nothing can move them. Whereas other people, I mean, they just fall apart and just, well, breaking down. And we don't minimize that. We love to pick people up. Amen. But if you're a believer, you ought to be a rejoicer. And since you are a believer and a rejoicer, you can expect to be filled with joy unspeakable. And you can expect to be filled with the very presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. What kind of a difference would it make in our home if we just move some junk out and let the king of glory come in? What difference would it make in our lives and in our marriages and our relationships if we just remove all the obstructions, all the doubt, all the unbelief, all the lust, all the cares of this life and just let the king of glory, come on in king of glory, lift up your heads, O ye gates, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory. He shall come in. He shall come in. Oh my. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Be lifted up you everlasting doors. Let there be no obstruction and the mighty conqueror, the king of glory, whose presence is with the ark and in which the symbol of his glory appears, shall enter. That's for the old covenant. But our gates, if you will, in the new covenant, even though the king of glory and the hope of glory is in us, we do not want to reserve certain areas that are obstructed for him to come in. Are you listening to me? I think we ought to pray that right now. Just put your hand over your heart and say, King of glory. I invite you in to my life of fresh and anew today. Oh, just pray in the Holy Ghost a moment. Oh, let him into your mind. Let them into your living room. Come on, somebody. Let them into your office. Let the King of Glory into your marriage. Woo, hallelujah. The King of Glory wants to come in. He wants to come into your finances. 
He'll meet your needs according to his riches in glory. But don't obstruct him by being stingy. Don't obstruct him by being a miser. He's not El Chipo. He's El Shaddai. He's the God who's more than enough. The glory of God will change you. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. Is this all right today? Say with me, the glory of God will change me. It'll change me. I'll just tell you right now, I need to be changed. All of us need to be changed. We don't need to camp out on the progress that has been made. There is a moving on and there is a moving forward. There is a confirmation that you are destined to become more like Jesus every day of your life. Hallelujah. So be it. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says this, And all of us as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, say it with me, what I behold, I will become. So if you don't like where you're at, check up on what you've been beholding. If you don't like what you've become, then you need to perhaps extract some things from your life that you've been beholding. But we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. In Oh, I love this. In ever increasing splendor. And from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is that spirit. Can God change you? By his glory. If we let the king of glory in. Will he do a mighty work in our lives. See you're already complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. But his work is not fully complete in us. There's a further work that he wants to do. How many have ever heard of the subject sanctification? It's not a popular word in churches today. But sanctification means just allowing the spirit of glory to move things out and allowing to him come in. Yeah, that's good. What I behold is what I will become. And lastly, but not least, his glory strengthens us. Do we need strength today? You guys are going to be praying. Pastor Tom's going to be leading it here in a few moments after we receive communion. I'll just tell you what. I cannot go without the strength of the Lord. I do not want to go in the strength of Mark Thomas. Because I've discovered the strength of Mark Thomas is not enough. But I know that the strength of Jesus and the strength of the Holy Ghost is more than enough. And so you and I... We face all sorts of things. I mean, has it been crazy in the world or what? You got Las Vegas shootings. You've got hurricanes in Florida. You've got floods in Texas. You've got fire in the Napa Valley. All of those things in a string, one after another. You know, Satan knows that his time is short. And he's getting very nervous about it. 
That's why he's doing everything he can to pour out his venom, to pour out his destruction on the earth. But I hear the word of the Lord saying, there's coming another flood. There's coming another wind. It's not the hurricane winds that bring destruction. It's the glory wind. That comes like a rushing mighty wind. And it renews. And it fills. And it heals. The flood that's coming is not a flood of destruction. It is a flood of His glory that will sweep hundreds of millions into the glory land. And the fire, the devastation that we have seen, there's greater fire coming. Not a fire that hurts but a fire that fills, a fire that consumes, a fire that sends us to the corners of the earth, to our homes, to the marketplace, a fire that cannot be quenched, a fire that cannot be denied, a fire of the Holy Ghost. Say with me, I'm filled for a purpose. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And let's say fire, fire, fire a few times. Man, I watched an 81-year-old by the name of Kenneth Copeland, soon to be 81 years old. I watched the fire of God on him just recently on the Internet. 81 years old. As fired up now that he's ever been. Even in some ways, more fired up at 81 than he was at 41. This fire is available to all of us. Brenda preached on it so wonderfully last week. Say it with me, I shall be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. We need strength. We need strength to face what we face. We need His presence. We need His glory to be able to face the tests that we will face. But notice with me in Ephesians 3.16, and this is such a great, great news for us today. Say it with me, the King of Glory. glory. Amplified, it says, May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His what? May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory, His presence. To be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power, where? In the inner man, by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. I pray, Lord God, today that we here at Heart of the Bay would be filled with all the fullness of God. I pray, Lord, that we would have the richest measure of your divine presence and that we would become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Lord, where there is weakness, strengthen each one of us with mighty power out of the rich treasury of your glory. Put your hand over your heart and say, Strengthen me, O God, this day. 
and for the days that are ahead. Jesus, you are my king. You are the king of glory. And so I invite you afresh and anew into every part of my life, into my relationships, into my entertainment, into the time that I have that's free. I commit my life afresh and anew unto the King of glory. And I thank you, Lord, for doing a mighty work in me and my brothers and sisters in this room for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. You know what? It's time to celebrate. It's time to have communion. It's time to lift up our hearts to Him.